Welcome to the Cone Zone. I'm Grant Cone. That's the legendary Lowell Cone, who's my dad. Training camp is over. The final preseason game is in two days. We're going to preview that. We're going to talk about training camp. Dad, it's a pleasure to see you. Nice to see you, AD. Let's talk about Trey Lance. I just saw a full training camp of him as a starting quarterback. And I think the question on people's mind is, was the trade worth it? Is he what they wanted him to be? Is this going to work out? And how good is he? And how good is he? So, so why don't we start with that? How good is he? How you good is he? I, I, To me, he's about as good as he was last year. And he's about as good as Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm not sure that they're making a big upgrade at quarterback just yet. Because some days he has great days where he's precise and on time and accurate and creating big plays. Other times he can't hit basic throws. And... So it's it's up and down. I don't think they're going to win the Super Bowl this year, Dad. Okay. I think to have a real Super Bowl – sorry. Were you going to say something? Well, I, I was going to summarize what you were saying before we get to the Super Bowl. Um, what you're saying is he's inconsistent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. A, a really good quarterback, i.e. Tom Brady, is consistent. Yes. And so while you see really very promising things from Trey Lance – you see things that are troublesome. Let's not go to the Super Bowl yet. Okay. We're going too fast. Okay. What are some of the things you've liked that he does and what gives you pause? I like that he has demonstrated uh, that he has the potential to become a top 10 or five quarterback at one at, at some day. He's 22 years old. He's very young and inexperienced. I didn't expect him to play like a top 10 quarterback this year, but he has shown that he has that potential. And he, he seems to have the drive, the tr- the talent, and the uh, players around him to eventually become a top 10 quarterback. And if he becomes a top 10 quarterback, then the Niners will have a Super Bowl window that exists as long as he's a top 10 quarterback. They haven't really had one of those since Steve Young, Jeff Garcia. Okay. So that's I, he could become what they want him to become, but it's not going to be this year. What ho- What gives you pause in his performance? And I gather that today... Tuesday was not one of his best days. No, so I mean, today he was uh, 9 of 17 with three drops, so he was accurate, but he forced a pass to a double-covered Kittle in the end zone and got intercepted. That was a bad decision. So he's inconsistent. And um, he's not looking like a top-10 quarterback right now. He's looking like a quarterback the Niners will work around the way they did with Jimmy. A lot of running. And if his accuracy goes in and out, then they'll, then they'll run him. Uh, did you mention also that his passes sail a little bit when he misses like yesterday a lot, he tends to miss high, which is troubling that he can't make the adjustment. Although he made the adjustment today. Okay. Here's what I'd like to do. Iggy, as far as the super bowl, that's, they haven't started the season yet. And a lot of, a lot of things are going to happen. We're going to learn a lot. In, in the first three or four games about him and the team. So let's say they're a good team, but if he doesn't measure up, they're probably not going to make the Super Bowl. But we don't know what he's going to do. We know now, like they've now they're going to open on Broadway, but they were in Philadelphia and Boston. You know what I mean? It's or, just really hard to win the Super Bowl if you don't have an elite quarterback, as the Niners have demonstrated the last three years. Yes. And I don't think he's elite yet. And Iggy, you don't think he'll become elite this season? I don't think so. He's 22. He, like, for example, everyone compares him to Josh Allen, who is elite, is a top five quarterback. If the Niners had Josh Allen, they'd be in business. 
Josh Allen it took him three years to, to become elite. He was 22. He showed promise, but it, it was a three-year process, and now it was worth it for the Bills. And he's similar to Trey Lance in the fact that he's from Fireball, California, 7,000 people, farm town. He wasn't really recruited or properly scouted in high school. He had to go to community college, and he was a project. And the Bills bet on his traits. The Niners are betting on Lance's traits, and he could get there. And they understand that it's a it's a multi-year process. Okay, let me ask you this. Mm -hmm. If Trey Lance gets there in year two or three, is the window still open with the people he has around him? See, now I want to talk about the Super Bowl. That's why I brought it up. To okay, me, now, now the, we got to be okay. orderly, Iggy. I like that. Okay, the way I look at it is you don't really have a Super Bowl window in the NFL until you have a top 10 quarterback. You might luck into a, one Super Bowl if you have a mediocre quarterback, but really you need a top 10 quarterback to have a Super Bowl window. So the Niners didn't have that with Jimmy Garoppolo. They tried, they gave him multiple chances. He's not good enough. So now they're trying with someone else who may improve because Jimmy didn't. So I don't see that they have a Super Bowl window right now. Not until they have a Matthew Stafford, Tom, if they had gotten Matthew Stafford or Tom Brady, then yeah, they would have a Super Bowl window, but the quarterback's kind of important. But what I'm asking is this windows close. Yeah. So let's say he becomes a top 10 quarterback in next year or the year next season or the season after. Will the window still be yes. open? Will Kittle still be there? Will they still have a decent offensive line? The window is not only him. The window's the team. It's I true. know they have a window this year. I'm not sure they do after. Well, okay. But, and, and look, I'm saying that they probably should have got Tom Brady or Matthew Stafford. But if they end up with a top five quarterback when he's 24 and they miss this previous, they'll make another window. The Niners had a window from 1981 to 1999 because of two players. Right. And they figured it out around them. And okay. the team's changed. So I, I I understand what you're saying, but man, if, if, if they can't win a Super Bowl in the next two years, but all of a sudden they have this great quarterback, I think they'll be able to win a Super Bowl down the line, especially if they have these great drafts that they've been putting together recently, like this last one. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, I'm uh, um, probably a little more skeptical than you. I feel, I know they have a, uh, this season, they do have a window. I expected the quarterback to be further along. Fair enough. And I don't blame him. I don't blame him for it. And I want to tell you who I blame the head coach. I, I expect he'd be further along too, Dad. Keep going. Yeah. I mean, again, I, I'm, I, I apologize for going back to history and for mentioning Joe Montana and Bill Walsh, but really that's the standard. And I saw how Bill brought Joe along and he brought him along more quickly than Shanahan is bringing along Lance. And I just think last season had Shanahan been prudent and had foresight he could have gotten this kid more ahead than he is now for the window they have this season. That's I totally agree. I totally agree. I feel like last year was wasted. And he was saying, well, it'll be better. He'll, it'll be better for him to learn on the bench. Well, I'm not necessarily seeing that. I'm seeing a guy like what he did in training camp this year. I think he could have done that last year. I mean, he had a basically like one to one TD to INT ratio and he completed about 50 something percent of it. He could have done that last year. Yeah. And the big thing is, OK, last year he was having this whole tutorial on the bench. Well, the guy who was coaching him is gone. So they're on their second quarterback coach in two years. That's not ideal. Yeah. And to me, I feel like he's like starting from square one right now. And the idea of learning on the bench, excuse me, is baloney. 
baloney. Josh Allen in, in Buffalo started every well, he might have he might have sat three or four games, but essentially he learned on the on the field. Now the other guy you could compare uh Lance's situation to is Aaron Rodgers. Chico's a bigger town than where he's from, but it's in the middle of nowhere. No one knew who he was. He went to a community college, eventually went to Cal and sat in the bench for three years before he became elite around 25, 26. You got to trust the process with these guys who were community college guys and went to small schools. You can't really judge them at 22 years old. All right. Yeah. I have another question. Sure. You've seen every snap that uh, Trey Lance has taken in, in camp. What would you give him a grade for the camp? B. A B. A B. I mean, if he were 27 on his second contract making a hundred something million dollars, I'd be harsher. But considering he's 22 and this is part of the process, I'll give it a B. It would be higher if he had played last year and you he had shown more real improvement. But to me, this was starting from square one. Okay. I would say, first of all, B is a good grade. It is. I consider is. Jimmy a C. Right. right. I do. Right. I, I consider Jimmy basically a C quarterback. Right. So if you're saying that this kid is a B quarterback, it is an upgrade. It is. Okay. It is an upgrade. I do, I, I believe it's an upgrade because okay. for a lot of reasons. I and mean, we don't have to go into all of them, but I do believe it's an upgrade. But ultimately, his whether he's a success or not isn't based on whether he's better than Jimmy Garoppolo. It's whether he's a top 10 quarterback in the next two years. I think he can, but he's not now. No way is he now. I love what you're saying. And, oh, you got questions? Okay. No, go ahead. Keep going. I, go ahead. No, do your questions. Bootswain Boogie 03 is now a member. Irfan Mirza says, have you seen what Brett Favre said about Jimmy? No, but no. if you want to tell me or I'll look it up. Good afternoon, gentlemen. Looking forward to a great show. Hope you're enjoying it so far. Josh says, uh, come on, Grant. You know there's no such thing as a Super Bowl window without Brian, <laughs> without Brian Hoyer. It seems like it's pretty tough to win a Super Bowl if you don't have a, a, an upper echelon quarterback. It can be done, though. All right. Okay. Let's move on to our next topic. Yeah, I want to ask you this question. Okay. How much do you think Trey Lance and the starters should play in this Thursday uh, preseason finale? Okay. I have a very definite opinion about this. And I'm more focused on Trey Lance than the other starters, but let's include them. Sure. At least a half. Yeah. And I, I, I and maybe more. And I have some things to say. Um. Somebody wrote to me uh, recently and said, you said, you know, Lance should play a lot and you're the kind of jerk. If he gets hurt, they'll blame, you'll blame Shanahan for playing him. You won't. I promise I won't. Yeah, you won't. I won't do that. Yeah. Um, football is a violent game. You prepare for the violence of football by playing. By playing football. Uh, not by doing cardiovascular work. No. Nope. It's, it, it's about getting knocked to the ground and getting up. And it's a whole other thing. Um, the starters and especially the quarterback need to have the feel of the violence of football. Yeah. Otherwise they won't be ready for game one. And yeah. if you haven't, you noticed the first game of the season is often crummy, not for oh, the first month, first month, the first month. Yeah. And it's because they don't, the, the coaches don't get enough time with them right. as much time with them as they used to. Right. And the, the practices are softer um, than they used to be. So the I'm going to say, you know, the first month, it improves, but the product is crummy for the first three or four weeks. And that's because they're not playing enough. Right. Okay. In addition, um, we've just talked at length about Trey Lance. Right. He's learning. Yes. He needs to play to learn. 
Right. He's not going to learn watching the second and third string quarterbacks. The, that idea is ridiculous. He needs to be in plays where he passes, passes on the run, passes from the pocket, passes deep, passes over the middle, which he's not so great at. He needs to do all of that. And one other thing I want to say, I read a lot about these um, or and hear a lot about these preseason games being about the all important question of who's going to be the second or the third quarterback. Who gives a crap? That's over. I mean, that's over. The, the yeah. issue is the is the first yeah. quarterback. Yeah. So you know what, Iggy? If Kyle wanted to play him three quarters, that'd yeah. be fine by me too. And these other two guys, who are currently non-entities, may become great in the future. But let them struggle, you know, on a side field or in the fourth quarter or late in the third quarter. But no, this is about the starters and this is about Trey Lance getting onto the field and actually playing football. Look, I wouldn't I wouldn't have Trey Lance play in the second half behind a, a second string offensive line because those guys you, you want pe- people actually protecting him. But no, I do agree. But, but I'm saying I, if you play him, then play the first string offensive line. I agree line. with that. And I yeah. play I agree play him the entire first half. Play the entire offense the first half because yes, Trey Lance needs reps, but frankly, the entire offense has struggled big time in camp. Yes, they're going against a, a, a dominant defense, but they need something to build confidence and rhythm going into something to build confidence for going into week one. Cause they didn't get it this week. So uh, what they used to do was they used to game plan for these games. They called it the dress rehearsal. And not only would the starters play the first half, but they would prepare all week. Like it was a real game. The media wouldn't be there to watch. They would game plan. I was there. They weren't game planning, which is weird. It's a whole different era. Cause I, I'd like to see, I mean, it's not just Trey who's on trial here. What about Kyle? You got to show that you know how to call plays for this offense. You had a feel for the other offense. Now you want to switch it up. What are you going to call? What works? Let's show. I mean, show something that worked because you were searching all training camp and you didn't necessarily find anything. And Iggy, he was searching at the beginning of last season. That's right. They had a losing record. That's right. It took them until they were two and four until almost November before he figured out, all right, forget all the stuff I was trying to do. Debo, you're a running back. We're going to do something totally different to his credit. He got there. But they were to see their own life support. They were. And he doesn't want to have to delay again. They have to practice football. And he has to figure it out now, not in the sixth game. I got to tell you something I learned speaking to our cousin, the old football uh, guru. I didn't know this before my time. It used to, apparently back in the day, 14 game seasons, and there were six preseason games. Six. Did you know that? No, I didn't. I I didn't know that. That's amazing. And it's like now, of course, you wouldn't do that because it's a waste of time and money. But that's how it used to be to get prepared for football. Six preseason games, 14 regular season games. Now it's three preseason games, 17. It's hilarious. Uh, Yeah, these are really important. And if you want to be good, the first few, because the Niners are notorious slow starters, at least on offense. You want to be good? Did I lose you? I'm here. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Let me make sure I I still got the, the, the right thing set up. Yep. All right. Okay. Yeah, and again, if you want to be good, you have to play football. You yeah. can't put this kid who's really, really inexperienced, you can't put him standing there looking at the other people play. I'd there's rather a, have him ready than have the second string quarterback ready. There's a stat that if you uh, tally up all of Trey Lance's uh, regular season throws from last year, plus his whatever he did in at North Dakota State, it's still less than 400 throws since high school. Like 
Tom Brady threw the ball 600 times last season. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like Trey Lance is going to throw the ball 400 times this season. So he's outrageously inexperienced. Yes. Play him. Let, let me ask you this. Yeah. If Shanahan would continue to play his starters into the third quarter and Lance, do you think that would be a good idea or a bad idea? It's not that simple. It's tough. As soon as someone gets hurt, then you say, oof, right? Yeah. I mean, I mean, it, it's it is no easy answer for a head coach. You got to weigh the risks and, and reward. It depends so maybe, on look, if they play well in the first half, maybe reward them and say, Good job, guys. Good, let, let's go out. Let, let's go out on a on a high note. If they struggle in the first half, maybe like we're not. We're not getting off the field until you do something good today, guys. How about that? I like that. Yeah. I like and that if you get hurt, well, then maybe you should have played better in the first half so we didn't have to be out there in the third quarter. I like that. I like, I like that. You, I like when All you right. get tough, Iggy. Josh says, isn't it fair to say we don't necessarily need a top 10 quarterback if we come so close two out of the three years with Jimmy G, but just need a solid quarterback? Look, the way I look at the history of the NFL, the teams that win Super Bowls either have a top 10 quarterback or a guy who plays that well in the playoffs for a stretch like Joe Flacco did that one time. It's really hard to carry your quarterback an entire postseason. I, Niners came close. It's hard to do. I don't know. Right. And they tried to carry Jimmy and it's obvious they were carrying him, but yeah. he, he he's, you know, he's a very, I like a lot of things about Jimmy. Yeah. He's really gutsy. He's gritty. He, yeah. he tries very hard and he can go through stretches where he's very good, but right. he's ultimately not good enough. Right. He's he's a he's a, a C, a C, yeah. C plus. Like if he's the 16th best quarterback in the league, which might be generous, that will put him right in the middle, which would be a C. There's nothing to be ashamed of with that. You're one of the 16 best quarterbacks in the world. Still not good enough, though. No. Still not good enough, especially no. for the 49ers. Gammon Brown says at Lowell, how do you make relationships with players? Grant is charismatic. Would be a nice change of pace to see him laugh at players, not at them. You know, Iggy and Javon Kinlaw joke around. We do. We laugh and, together all the time. Yeah, they, they joke yeah. around with each other. And yeah. he and Jimmy Ward joke around. And he and, and Kittle used to joke around. You know, it's funny. He says, how do you make relationships with players? We do it the same way. We've all, we actually have, through conflict, developed relationships. Because we're not trying to be friends with players. But the ones that we've been closest with are the ones that we had the most conflict with initially, both of us. Absolutely. And I, yeah. I would I would go to baseball for a minute. You know, Will Clark, they just had a day for him. Mm -hmm. Will Clark and I really didn't get along when he was a player. He used to give me the finger mm -hmm. uh, when I'd walk into the, into the clubhouse. And he, he used to use the F word with me a lot. Now, and we worked through it. Yeah. And a lot of it was my fault. I'm, I'm not blaming anyone. I'm right. just saying how it was. Yeah. Now um, we recently texted each other about his day. I couldn't go because of what happened in my life. And I explained it to him. And he wrote to me that uh, his prayers are with me and my family. And um, so Iggy is right. Um, once you have conflict with somebody and you resolve it, mm -hmm. you go to another place that's more personal and intimate and caring especially with professional athletes. Yes. Because they respond to conflict. It's what they do every single rep of practice. Right. And, and I mean, what they do is competition. I'm just saying. Yes. And part of the competition. And I got to tell you, it, it, this is a fact. Can we intimidate this writer? Right. Can we intimidate this, this media person? Right. And if they can, and I know all kinds of people who, who could be intimidated, 
they own you and they don't respect you. Right. You tell them to take a take a hike and uh, you stand up to them. All of a sudden, the relationship changes and you get better material. Yeah. And you, you have something to laugh about. Hey, remember that time in the past? This happened to me 10 years ago with Anthony Davis. The same exact thing, basically. Uh, OTAs, he was mad by training camp. We were laughing about it in the tra- in the in the locker room. Hey, remember that? Hilarious. And yeah. anytime I would see him, Anthony, how you doing? Big smile. Yeah. Because we shared that. Right. And he came to respect you. Yes. Yes. Anyway, good question, Gammon. But this is how me and my dad do it. Andrew says, who do you think will be the goal line back? Hmm. I think they want it to be the rookie, Ty Davis Price. I think it's one of the reasons they drafted him. He runs very hard. But if he can't get it done, it's got to be Debo. Got to be Debo. He's good at it. He's good at it. I know you don't want to... You don't want to use uh, such a high-priced player in such a dangerous way, but they did last year. They had to. You want to win games? I'm not against it. You know what? Yeah. Use them however you want. And I'm, let me say, Iggy, I would think as part of their negotiation with him when it finally became professional and cool, obviously they addressed that. They didn't yeah. sit there in the room and not address that. No. So, and he must have signed off on it. Yeah, he gets he gets more he gets extra money for rushing touchdowns and rushing yards. I mean, yeah. he just wants to be paid for it. He just doesn't want to not do it. Mark says, "I love the way Kyle tries to act like he didn't know Poe was splitting reps with Banks, bad poker player." So it's funny. Okay, so the Niners show us stuff, but they don't want to report it. So they have Jason Poe starting, but we're not supposed to say it in our practice reports. But there's this guy Jake Hutchinson for KBR. God love him. He says uh, in the press conference to Kyle, so Kyle, Jason Poe's been uh, rotating in with the star, putting it on the record. And Kyle gets this look like, and he's like, yeah, I don't know. Uh, you know, we, we rotate guys all the time. But now that Jake put it out there, hey, f- fair game. Sorry. So good job, Jake. Iggy, you're not allowed to tell who's starting and who's you're not. You're not allowed to say it, but I, there's no rule against asking questions about it. You know what I'm saying? I, you know, that's very clever. And once it's been asked, it's on the record. He, res- It's public uh record yeah. now and, write about and, it. and kyle might have thought i don't i don't like this guy other guys are, other guys aren't asking that question. sorry i'm not on your team kyle you don't pay me i'm not actually quality control you could have hired me you could have gave me two million dollars i never would have talked about your team ever again but here i am <laughs> you know i, I saw it. i saw mike silver today he told me that story about ira too that's everyone's favorite ira story which 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 one the Ira, he was just so dominant on this beat in the 80s and 90s that Eddie would c- come up to him, complain about how he's just too good. And, and he'd be like, just pay me a million dollars. I'll stop. I <laughs> I'll retire. Give me $2 million. And he never, he probably should have. <laughs> you know, Ira's coming out here in a few weeks. And I'm going to see him. Nice. I hope he's in Chicago when we all go, well, when I go out to see um, him. I don't no, think he missed it. Uh, he's going, he's in Hawaii now. Oh, okay. You know, well, Ira has a, a lot, he has a lot of fun. He likes to come out for the rest for the for the dinner. I know that. And he you know what else he's coming out for? Wow. Uh, you know, in in a couple of months, I'm being inducted into the Northern California Jewish Sports Hall of Fame. I couldn't do it last year because of mom, right. but they're re- they're going to do it this year, which is very sweet of them. And I'm going to have two. You need two presenters, so I'm going full Jew. Iris coming out from Chicago and uh, Barry Tompkins from San Francisco. Oh, oh well, wow, he lives in Marin. So those are my two presenters. Those are two good choices. Yeah, because Barry so. Tompkins and, and Ira are a big deal too, and they're your contemporaries, and they will say something really, really good. I'm, I love I'm, those guys. I'm pleased. All right, let's let's talk about the Jimmy G bet. We talk about this every time we do a show, but it's been a couple weeks. 
And the last time we talked, I had pretty much resigned to losing this bet. But now all of a sudden it's looking like it could go either way. And I just want to remind people, the bet is if Jimmy Garoppolo is on the team week one, when they play the Bears, you have to buy me another very nice bottle of wine. If they get rid of him at any point before them, I owe you a very nice bottle of wine. Right. So let's clarify. Um, if he's um, on, on the roster for the first game. I win. And if he's not on the roster for the first game, I you win. win. And since I got you, when you won on the Debo bet, I got you a really nice Italian, a Barolo. I think we should go full French this time. Let's go frog. <laughs> yeah. Let's go frog. So, uh, so we'll figure it out. But Iggy, uh, tell me why you think it's a bet again. Well, Jed York will do a really good job of not talking for like two or three years. And then all of a sudden he can't help himself. And last week he was on Tim Kawakami's podcast because they're another two that had conflict at French Laundry. Now they seem to get along real well. And he went on and said, uh, he reiterated, look, I've said this before, but we had Steve and Joe on the same team. I'll be happy to keep Jimmy Garoppolo another year. He's just too, too good to cut. And I feel like, yeah, you can lie. And it's people, they're not under oath. They can lie as much as they want, but it's awkward for, to have Jed and Kyle and John to say multiple times on the record, we're never going to cut Jimmy. He's too good. And then finally cut him. Be like, yeah, we were we were lying. You knew we were lying. Sorry, we were lying. It's just unprofessional. I feel like they've said it, and I believe them. They're not going to cut him. It's not smart. I just believe them. Iggy, he will not be on that roster for the fourth game. And let me just tell you, let, let me say a couple of things. Okay. I think Jed York was having a yuck at the media's expense. I think it tickled him to say that and for everybody to have to scurry around. Oh, oh maybe Jimmy will be here. Maybe, you know, mm-hmm. um, no, maybe now maybe they won't cut him, but they'll trade him for, for a, a, a tackling sled. Uh, <laughs> Did you see that the, the, the Raiders traded Nick Mullins for a seventh round pick? I did see that. They they Nick might Mullins. get more than the Niners get for Jimmy. Now that the pressure's on to get something more than a seventh. Seventh. Um, in addition, here's other reasons I don't think he'll be on the roster for the first game. He hasn't participated in pre- preseason at all. He doesn't get on the field. He's not in the quarterback meetings. He doesn't have the playbook, I don't think. He doesn't have the playbook. Uh-uh. Um. Every forget what they say. Everything they do means you're out of here. And yes. in addition, on the depth chart, he's number four. Iggy, I never heard of going to number four on a depth chart for quarterbacks. It's like he's in the basement, you know? Yes. So, Iggy, I think I'm going to win that bottle of wine. I don't okay. care what Jed said. I don't care what he said to Tim Kawakami. Um, I think it's it's uh, he's having fun. Okay, let me try to make the argument for why I'm going to win this bet. Um, if they've taken it this long, just the opportunity that maybe they could trade Jimmy Garoppolo, why stop now? The trade deadline is two months from now. Why stop now? I mean, yeah, you could cut him and save yourself some money, but Jed says he doesn't care about spending that money. You could you could cut him and create cap space. It's too late to use the cap space. They missed that opportunity. So if you cut him, you make your team worse. You don't make it better. You're not going to do anything with that money. I mean, there is there is a scenario where Trey Lance, 
hurts himself in the first month. And the Niners turn to Jimmy and they're like, look, you know, we know you haven't been here, but you know the team. You know, you know our, our playbook. Do you want to be our starting quarterback? We're paying you $27 million. He could say no. I don't think he would, though. In that case, he wants to start. So we could look at it as insurance plus, you know, there's a possibility that more than a possibility that a quarterback gets hurt in the NFL in the first eight weeks. It just seems okay. like they've taken it this long. Why stop now? Let me ask you another question. Mm-hmm. Let's say they don't cut him. What mm-hmm. I'm saying is, I think they're going to trade him. Okay. But let's say he's on the team. Mm-hmm. What's his position? What's his position? Yeah. What is he? Is he active? Is he practicing? Is he all of a sudden in the meetings? What? How do they do that? Is he number two on the depth chart? Is he? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it seems I, to me he probably shouldn't be. He should be inactive. He should be in bubble wrap. You're trying to trade him. You don't want anything to happen, even in practice. So would he practice? Tricky. I don't. I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think so. Okay. So, so what's the point? On. So what's hold the point? Yeah. So the, let's talk about what reality is. Yeah. So now it's the season, and he's on the team, mm-hmm. and he's a mummy. Yeah. They make him a mummy. Yeah. Don't don't <laughs> stay away. But you're on the team. But don't come over here. You're on the team. <laughs> right. Um, over there. Yeah. Over there. Um. You, you maybe we'll let you in the quarterback meetings, and we'll finally give you a playbook. But don't. Don't talk in the meetings. If they cut him right before week one, I'm going to be so snarky. Like, wow, way to go, guys. That really was smart. You held on to him for all that time just to see if something would materialize, and it didn't when you could have cut him four months ago and actually got a backup quarterback and a starting center. No, you wanted to see what would happen. Well, are you you surprised? It's so silly if they cut him after all this. There's a team in the league. They're not going to cut him. We're okay. talking across purposes. Okay. There's a team in the league that's going to want to um, take a flyer on him, maybe as a backup. I I think so. There, you know, there are teams in the league who really need. You're left. I don't want to make a side bet with you. <laughs> There's no way this guy's getting traded. No freaking way he gets traded before week one. But okay, I hear you. Oh, we got a big get. And if if I lose this bet, I'm getting you the nicest freaking bottle of wine I can find. The French. nicest one, French. I, it could be wrong. a Bordeaux, a Burgundy, or I'd go south, like Chateauneuf to Pop. I mean, I'm I'm looking. I'm already putting a space in my wine rack. Woo! For that I like bet. your confidence, Dad. I like your confidence, but that just means it's going to hurt more when you lose. Sorry. Mike <laughs> United says. Problem. Lowell Cohn Legend says, Nine, uh, "Will the Niners win their sixth Super Bowl with Kyle or not? What do you think?" Oh boy, that's who asked that? Mikey Forty Niner. Um, that's a hell of a good question. Um, okay, I tend to feel no. I'm 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 so sorry. I don't mean to be a jerk. Um, he's had a lot of time, um, and I haven't. He's blown it twice, once with Atlanta and once with the Niners absolutely blown it yeah uh even last year in the championship game Iggy he didn't really give the ball to Debo in the fourth quarter very much no I, I don't know what was going on in his mind here you have this guy's the best player on the field yeah and you decide to make him a decoy yeah so I have issues not with the team I have issues with Kyle yeah and I would have to feel more confident again you know, Bill Walsh was a very nervous person. 
Iggy, you know this. He he was a very fretful person. He he got his feelings hurt very easily. He would go through the week depressed. I don't think he ever really enjoyed his successes. But on game day, he made great decisions. Hmm. This this hero came out in him. Um, and when he died, I want to say he was the same way. Yeah. He he approached death with incredible courage and dignity, which I didn't know he had, and I wouldn't have. Mm. But he had, when he was calling the plays, courage and dignity. And he, Iggy, maybe he made some crummy calls. He made the right calls. He came back in Super Bowls and won. Yeah. Uh, and I don't see this in Kyle Shanahan. Now, if I do see it, I'll say, sure, they can win with him, but not at this time. Not at this time. And if you're angry at me, guys, I apologize. Look, I, I agree with you on that. Kyle is not a good decision maker. He doesn't rise to the, the moment. He doesn't seem like he calms down when the pressure's on. That being said, so I don't think he's going to win three Super Bowls the way Bill Walsh did. Um, yeah, three. three. I think he can win one. If, if, if Trey Lance is the quarterback, becomes the quarterback that they think he can become, I think Kyle could win one considering how close he came with Jimmy. But I don't know if he'll win multiple. I don't know. Okay, he might win one, but I want to point out that's a couple of ifs you got there. If, if Trey Lance becomes what he wants and if Kyle can sort of calm down at the crisis moment, sure, um, those are two ifs. Because Kyle's big excuse his whole life is, yeah, you know, I've never won anything, but I've never really had that great quarterback. Yep. You had Matt Ryan, who you're not a big fan of. You have Jimmy Garoppolo, who I'm not a big fan of. I mean, he's never had an elite quarterback. Well, dude, you pick this guy. You didn't want Brady. You didn't want Stafford. You picked this guy. Okay, we'll, we'll give you a few years. He's 22. I mean, it took Josh Allen until he was 24 to become elite, but eventually he's going to need to be elite. Otherwise, we're all going to judge you, Kyle, and you have, will have no excuses left. Uh, Mark says official reason for Bosa not practicing yesterday. You know, it's interesting. They didn't give one. He said they rested him. Rest. But he was back today, and he was suited up, but again, not practicing. So, And there's a big wrap on his left leg, so I feel like there's something they're not telling us. I don't know. Of course, there's something they're not telling you. But Iggy, again, I'm not there, but I remember last season in the preseason he didn't play a lot either. Right. Um, I think he's going to. I think he's going to be fine. I'm guessing it's something minor, and instead of uh, creating big news because it's Bosa, they're just not going to say it. If it was yeah. bigger, they'd probably say it. Big Tim says I'm with Grant on this bet. He's too good of a backup to just cut him. Ex just expensive, lol. And they budgeted this year for this scenario. Thing is, I. I if, if he's not their backup quarterback, they don't have a backup quarterback. Don't tell me Nate Sudfeld is going to win a game. Okay, so to... what's going to happen then is he'll be the backup quarterback, right? Yeah, Wait and then some, without any preparation, fine. He'll be the backup. And who's the number three quarterback? Or will they keep four? And Well, hold on, though. Hold on. So, okay, you're, you're saying it's ridiculous that he could just jump off the couch and be a, a, a replacement with no preparation. But that – but that with that logic, then he can't start for any team this year, Dad. And that's why he's not getting traded for. No one's trading for Jimmy. <laughs> okay. I like that. That's a very good point you're making. So uh, the Sam, wait a minute. So the Niners are essentially really screwing him up. Oh, yeah. It, it almost feels personal. Like, hey, um, because they said they had no idea he was going to get the surgery. They were blindsided by it. Yeah. Hey, you want to blindside us with the surgery? Enjoy not playing football this year. Whoa. Yeah, I know. And they, they talk about it like, oh, we're all on the same page. We love Jimmy. Do you think they're on the same page on this one? Interesting. San Fran 49er fan says Brady was fourth in the depth chart as a rookie. Legendary. Hmm. 
Josh Olivas, wait a minute. Jimmy's not a rookie. Yeah. Trey. Trey. Trey's not a rookie. No, you're right. Josh no, Olivas. He said, he, wait a minute. He said Brady was fourth on the depth chart as a rookie. Fine. I got it. Jimmy's not a rookie. We talking about Jimmy or Trey? Jimmy was fourth okay. on the depth oh, chart. Oh, right. There you go. I want there you to go. get in track here. Okay. He's comparing Jimmy to Brady as a rookie. I got it. Jimmy's not a rookie. And he's sorry, I'm not that smart. Drive. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Josh says, I think we can all use a bottle of wine when this Jimmy problem is over. When you th it's not ending anytime soon. Don't listen to my dad. He's wrong. And anyway, I'm going to their house Sunday night for dinner, and I'm, I'm going to bring a really nice bottle of wine. Okay. That sounds nice. Neil says it's August 23rd, 2022, and Jimmy Garoppolo is still on the 49ers. Did you know that, Dad? <laughs> yeah. My, that was my dad's idea. He told me that months ago. It's true. Can I can I tell people? Yes. Yes. I said to Iggy months ago, every every few days that he's still on the team, you should do a bulletin, a news bulletin. <laughs> bulletin, Jimmy is still on the 49ers. That was actually my idea. And you know, I know some people think it's redundant, and but most people get a giggle out of it. It's by far my highest performing video of the year. Every time I do it. And I try not to do it too much because it's like cheating, but it's just yeah. 50, 70,000 views every time people think it's hilarious. My egotistic aura says, would you rather Garoppolo or Sudfield as backup? So I'm saying okay. that. So I'm in saying the that. best of all worlds, I yeah. would like to have Jimmy as a yeah. backup, but I'd also like to think he was practicing and actually point. had the playbook. Jimmy's a better quarterback than Sudfeld. Iggy, do yeah. we need to argue about that? Is no, absolutely not. I actually think Jimmy Garoppolo is a great backup quarterback. He might be the best backup quarterback. Okay. Flav says cones. $50. Flav is a very generous man. Despite my superior football knowledge, we actually have a lot in common. Worked with my dad and lost amazing Italian mom too soon. Oh, me too. Amazing thing about Italian moms, they give you enough love in one day to last three lifetimes. Appreciate you both. I didn't expect that. It's such a sweet thing. Um, yeah. You know, the other night we went out to dinner, Iggy and me and Swasi, his wife, and we were talking about his Italian mom. And uh, Iggy and I both started crying. Mm -hmm. um, she uh, gave us a lot of love. She was she the best. Did. She did. Um, when I was flying back from Minneapolis, I was watching this Pixar movie, Coco. So I didn't know what to expect. But it was about death. And Pixar movies are very emotional. Mm -hmm. And I was in the middle seat and I was just crying for like an hour and a half. I must have been kind of ridiculous to look at. But at the same time, I felt a lot better afterward. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Okay. Clay, thanks a lot. Gunner says, to Lowell's point about Kyle, Kyle is a great, maybe best game planner in the league, but when it's time to improv, all bets are off. I totally agree with that. He's a wonderful planner. But when, and Iggy and I use the phrase crisis moment, yeah. when the crisis moment approaches or arrives and you've got to be cliche, quick on your feet, think quick, I don't see it. Well, with Kyle, he has this amazing network of helpers. During the week, can you can you imagine all the people he could call for a suggestion? He calls dad. He could call anyone. He's very connected. But when it's fourth quarter, man, it's you. That's just you. you. What you got? Right? What do you got? What you got? It's you alone on the sideline. What do you it's got? All you. And you know, Kyle, he's called like the best offensive coach in the league. There are other coaches that don't have the same reputation to him who have made adjustments on the fly in the fourth quarter of Super Bowls to win them, like Josh McDaniels. I was just going to say Josh McDaniel. So, now, Josh, Mc, I want to say something about McDaniel. Yeah. 
Um, Josh McDaniel was a head coach where, sweetie? Denver. Young man, Denver. Um, Denver. And the players hated him. Hated him. And he got he got fired in the middle of the season, right? Second season, yeah. Second he, I think he won his first six games and then lost a ton in a row and got yeah. fired. Yeah. They, they they hated him. Yeah. Here's what I want to say about that. He, Belichick does not have a coaching tree, nope. and this is why. Yep. First of all, Belichick is a great coach. Yep. He's a great coach, so we don't even argue that. But he's he's a he's a hard ass. Mm-hmm. He's a hard ass, mm-hmm. and and I think. He, he may not be someone who praises a lot. Mm-hmm. He's critical. Well, you get these guys like Josh McDaniel. Now, we don't know how he'll do with the Raiders. Or that Zlub who went over to uh, Patricia. Patricia. Uh, Matt Patricia. Yeah. Who, and they try to do the tough guy um, Belichick thing. Yeah. He can do it because he's yeah. a genius. Yeah. But they can't do it. And all they are are ineffectual tough guys and you hate people like that iggy remember the story about patricia with when yeah. with the media guy yeah like first or second game of his tenure and, um, let me tell the story and tell yeah. me if i'm wrong it was like a one a, a, a midweek uh, news conference maybe it was a monday after the game and he told one of the beat writers to sit up straight in his chair yeah right yeah. He, he he told him how to sit in his chair yeah again applying the hard-ass tactic to right. a writer who's right. not beholden to him. Who the right. hell do you think you are? And, you know, Patricia was about 50 pounds overweight. Yeah, it's like, tuck in your shirt and like, brush your <laughs> right. teeth. Like, who are you to talk? Yeah, go on a diet. Yeah, go on a diet. Who are yeah. you? Yeah. So what I, what I feel with, with the Belichick guys is they're very good with him when they're with him, but they can't export that kind of um, hard ass thing to other teams. It doesn't work for them. Although it may, McDaniel may have learned this lesson. May. I mean, it's been about 15 years. He better have. Yeah. The logical truth says you are by every definition of 49ers fan. You don't have to like them. Just have to be overly enthusiastic, overtly enthusiastic for better or worse. And pops would agree. Look, I grew up a Niner fan. The, the, the franchise means a lot to me. It's the only franchise I really cover. I'm invested. But uh, when they win, when they lose, I approach my job the exact same way. And if they have a losing season, you think if they if they go six and whatever, 11 this year, I'm going to be like, oh, man, I wanted them to do better this year. My, my, my year is ruined because they didn't play as well as I wanted them to. You think I feel that way? I don't think so. No, I, I, I agree with you, Iggy. A, a fan like sort of lives and dies with the team. The way a journalist right. is, the way like Ira Miller, if the Niners lost or didn't make it to the Super Bowl, he went out and had a nice dinner right. with his lovely wife Sharon, and he didn't think twice about it. it. It's not personal to us. I remember when I was a fan of the team. If they lost a game, I would be upset the rest of the Sunday. And most fans are that way. I remember when I was nine, you took me to Washington D.C. to see your sister and Mike and uh, my cousins. And Mike was a huge Washington fan. And that was back when Steve Young was on the team. So they weren't going to win that game. It was 97. The Niners won. I was nine. I was giggling around the house. And I thought me and Mike were going to hang out the rest of the day. He was despondent the rest of the day. He must, he must have been like a senior in high school. And he was like, look, Iggy, it's nothing personal. But my team just lost today. I'm really it's not. I'm not having a good time. I'm never, I was like, dude. But that's just how fans are. I am so not. You see my face at when the Niners lose. I'm like, here we go. This is my time to tell them what they did wrong. Nah, I'm actually, 
think I enjoy the losses just as much as I enjoy the win. I, if the Niners have good, I get a kick out of If they win, I get a kick out of it too because that's just more people engaging. And and I, I think what you're saying is your enthusiasm is not for the team. It's for your job. Yes. Yes. Winning, that's losing, like, mediocre, good, bad. I, I'm yeah, very enthusiastic. Yeah. enthusiastic. And I was too. I was yeah. enthusiastic. I loved commenting and writing about the the Niners, but also the Giants and the Raiders and the other teams. Right. There's a misconception that as a sports writer, if the team is good, your work is good. No, your work is totally not dependent on them. Your work is dependent on you. And if so they play well, well you, you could have a bad day. If they have a bad day, you could have a good day. It's all right. depends on what you're prepared for. And you better have a lot of good days. You better have a lot of, there's you no, excuse have to have a bad. it's not like all oh, the Niners lost. So I'm going to ma mail it in. No, no, no. This is your, they just finished. Now it's your turn to perform. You haven't done anything. That's right. And you know, Iggy, we've talked about that yep. when the game's over and you do a video where I wrote my column. Now I was performing, right? You're performing. Yeah. So, so really what you do during the game is you drink too much coffee, you eat too much sugar and you're writing stuff down, but you're really killing time, taking in as much raw data as possible until it's your turn to write, perform, do whatever it is after. And that's why it's tough to go to sleep after games. Oh God, I would have so much adrenaline. I, I'd be walking around the house till two in the morning. Yeah, because the adrenaline just starts at like five, after a day game, five o'clock, night game, nine o'clock. Good luck. Yeah, good all luck. Right. So we talk quarterbacks all the time because it's a quarterback driven sport, obviously. But the issues with the Niners this offseason have been the entire offense. And it's not just the quarterback. The Niners keep dropping passes. And I think a lot of people are like, well, is that Trey's fault? Maybe sometimes, but we saw in this preseason game a few days ago, Trey didn't play. They dropped four passes and it's wide receivers, running backs, tight ends. It's everyone. And it's a really bad look. It's like, these are the basics. And I, I, I don't, a couple of theories. I'd love to know what you think, but two theories. One, the Niners are so emphasized. They emphasize yards after the catch so much that they may overlook the actual catch portion. I don't know. The other thing um, they have all these new position coaches, new tight end coach, new running back coach, new wide receiver coach. I don't know what they're doing. I'm sure they mean well, but maybe they've lost sight of the basics. I don't know. I feel like if, if I were a position coach and my players were dropping balls, I would look at it as a reflection of me. I, 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 I couldn't, I was ineffectual. I couldn't even teach them the basics. So I don't know. Maybe the coaches have a different approach than the people who came before. And it may be a little confusing to the players, or maybe they need time to catch on. Right. Before we get to that, I do have a question. You're saying that the, the receivers, tight ends, wide receivers are equal drop opportunity ball droppers. It's not only with Trey Lance, it's with the other two guys as well. Yes. Yes. That's what I'm saying. Yes. Because if it were only Trey Lance, I would wonder, is his ball delivered in such a way that it's hard to catch? Yes. But you're saying you don't think that's it. I mean, he didn't play in the previous preseason game and there were four drops and it was a lot of like turning up field before you have it secured or things like careless stuff. Yeah. You know, what did Madden used to say? You catch the ball, then you run up field. I mean, stuff like that. Basic yeah. stuff. Um, it's careless stuff. Again, it comes back to they're not as prepared as they were yeah. in other eras. Yeah. I do feel wholeheartedly this is the kind of thing they will work out. I agree. That this, I believe 
this is a training camp issue and maybe a game one or two issue, which it shouldn't be, but it may be. But I, I, those receivers are really good. I mean, the uh, IU apparently didn't do all that well today. He's a top-notch receiver, Iggy. Right. And, I, and, you know, Debo, they, they're going to do well. Uh, Kittle has very good hands. I, I think it's it's a temporary issue, and it's not something to get into a lather about. No, I agree. Um, they will fix it. The only thing I would say is um, from talking to coaches in my lifetime, I feel like this is not necessarily something that works itself out. This is the kind of thing where you get what you emphasize. If the position coaches are emphasizing, look, we're dropping too many passes. It's not that we're going to – we've been – practicing this, but now we're emphasizing it. And this is going to be something we talk about and harp on and focus on every day. They'll improve. So it's, to me, it's, it's up to the players, of course, but it's also up to the, the coaches emphasize. If this is an issue, talk about it. I totally agree with you. Yeah. My guess is they are talking about it. Iggy. I'm sure they are. Let me see if there's any comments. And then if not, we will move on to the final topic, which is a dad topic. I think we're ready. Okay. Let's okay. do it. It's a bonus topic. Bonus topic. And it's something that's been on my mind, and it shows me uh, as an old fuddy-duddy, but please bear with me. Um, last week, I was talking to an old coach who used to be on Bill Walsh's 49er staffs. We were watching um, a preseason game together, and, you know, after a touchdown, it was a lot of celebrating. And I said, you know, the celebrating kind of bugs me. Um, I, I, I come from a different era. I covered a lot of baseball. In baseball, if you celebrate, they'll throw a ball at your head. Mm-hmm. They say, you, you know, you're um, demeaning me. You, you took a cheap shot at me. So it's a different culture, uh, but they don't want you to put it in their face. Mm-hmm. Um, now, this coach told me that Bill Walsh had a very definite idea about celebrating. He was 100% against it. He used to encourage his players not to celebrate. And here's what he said to them. If you celebrate, it seems to imply that you're surprised. Surprised. Yeah. Surprised. Yeah. Hey, look what we did. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Bill's whole attitude was, we're not surprised. Right. We expected to do that. Yeah. We expect to win. We expect we're a machine. We're a machine. We we're expect machine. to score touchdowns. We expect to beat you. Yeah. So if you celebrate, it shows that maybe you had a little doubt. Um, that you're not above it all. And he wanted his players to simply score the touchdown, walk off the field. And that was the statement. And what is the purpose of a celebration? Yes, it's it's to express happiness and everyone should be allowed to do that. But I think it's also to rub it in the other team's face, right? And to me, the best way to rub it in other team's face is to be like, this doesn't move us. You're not that good. We're great. You know, we... We knew we know we're going to beat you. This is just business as usual. That is, if you're on the other end of that, it's like, holy, we're not going to win today. Right. We are not going to win this game. Yeah. yeah, I think it's more powerful. But what I wanted to say is it's a whole thing in baseball these days uh, to allow the celebration. Bat flips are okay. Do as, And it's a generational thing. It's just a generational thing. Encouraging celebrations so people can express themselves. So baseball's coming around. I don't watch much they baseball. Are. They All are. the unwritten rules and stuff that they're getting away from that. They're trying because look, baseball's dying. They're getting less and less viewers every every year. They're trying to appeal to casual fans. So uh, flip your back, great, have fun. That's the attitude. Anyway, I, I like where Bill's coming from. It's old school. It used to be if you hit a home run and you looked at it, leave the park. Oh, they'd knock you down next time just really? for that. Just but you were sitting and watching. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's true. You can do that now. You can pretty much do whatever you want. Pretty much now. Wow. Baseball is a lot different than uh, when we were 
Yeah. I used to watch it. Um, Anyway, what I have to say is when this coach told me about Bill's, let's call it a philosophy, I was touched by it and I agree with it. Um, What he was saying also is we have a standard of play. Right. And and this Bill used to talk about, and our standard is higher than the whole league standard. Right. So we shouldn't be celebrating because we just acted up to uh, lived up to our standard. Walk off the field. Right. I like that. Yeah. Hug your teammates. Give the ball to the ref. I mean, you can be happy, but I think when you jump up and down and do a dance, it doesn't convey as much confidence as what you just described. I also feel, Iggy, when they jump up and down and do a dance, it seems like college stuff. Yeah, I agree. It doesn't. And also, seem- it's like this might be my only time here. I got to make this count. Yeah, you know, it doesn't yeah. seem grown up and, and what a professional athlete does. Yeah, that's how I feel. Now, again, I, this is generational. And when like Kendrick Bourne, he's a good dancer. I liked his dances. When athletes celebrate sometimes, it doesn't bother me. But what Bill is saying is that he he has an aesthetic preference for the non celebration. I agree. I feel like the celebrations are played out. You know, they, they, people have been doing them for like 30 years, the the, the belly rub or the, what, I, nothing's new. It's all played out. I kind of like that better. I'm with, I'm with Bill on that. Unless someone brings out something really unique. And you know what else Bill would tell the team? And this would be on the first day of training camp. He would tell the team, we're a professional football team. The only thing we talk about in our locker room is football. There is no place to proselytize about politics or religion. Yeah. If you do, I'll trade you to Buffalo. That being said, he also brought Harry Edwards into the locker room. So he was a little bit of a mixed message guy. Not the thing wrong with Harry Edwards, but it's kind no, of like no, the opposite no. message. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Yeah. Bill brought Harry in to aid race relations okay. among players. Okay. To be a conduit from white to black and black to white. I know Harry and like him. Um. Harry has a very nice personality. He does. He does. He's, you know, Iggy, he has a laugh like our friend Zinzi across yeah. the street. He has yeah. a, he's a sweet guy. And, and you met him one night at the Carmen uh, policy thing. We were talking to Harry. Yes, we, he's very yeah. sweet. Yeah. Um, he's a very nice guy. How he operated behind closed doors with the team, I can't say. I yeah. wasn't there. But I don't think Bill brought him in to be political. He okay. brought him in to not be political. Okay. 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 Um, let's answer a couple of questions. David Baker says, I agree. Be humble. Love the book, Lowell. Hey. Thanks, David. I love Thank the book you. too. Chris donates a dollar. Thank you. Um, I think there's one more. Big Tim says, Grant, what's up with Debo not reposting Fred Warner's NFL top 100 results? He posted Bosa and Kittle. That's interesting. I don't know. I don't know what that's about. Um, I, I Look, that would be a lot of speculation. I know where you're going with that. It does seem like the certain offensive players are, uh, I don't know. I mean, I got in a fight with, with Fred Warner earlier this year. Maybe they don't like each other. I don't know. I mean, Dad, not everyone on a football team is best friends. Are there certain people on football teams that don't get along and they don't have to? I mean, they're on different sides of the ball. Um, I don't know. You don't have to get along. You just have yeah. to, be able to play together. That's all you have to do. Of course, like in any workplace, there are people you don't like. Yeah. Maybe it's it's a workplace. Players celebrate on first down these days. Not good. (laughs) Some of the celebrations are so bad. So what what the corners always do when there's an incomplete pass is they, they do the, like, 
what the refs do when it's an incomplete pass, but they'll do it if it's like an errant throw. What are you celebrating? That the quarterback missed? He was open. And you're celebrating because the quarterback made you celebrate if you do something good. I don't know. And plus, you might get beat on the next pass. Yeah, I love that. It's like taking credit for nothing. Joshua Wyatt says, we as fans want to see what the players are feeling and celebrations are the only way we see anything authentic. I just hate contrived celebrations. Well, I think those are mostly contrived. When yeah, they that's the problem. Dances, group dances and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Choreographed group dances. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Uh, Jalapena23 says, hey, Grant, I know it's preseason, but we're 2-0 and thus far. Should we be excited about this? No. It means nothing. Okay, here's what coaches feel about preseason games. If you win, you say it means nothing. This is behind the scenes. If you win, you say it means nothing. If you lose, it means something. Yeah, because it's motiv- it's it's a motivational tool. What the hell are we doing here, yeah. guys? Right. So maybe it's even better to lose so you can like keep the edge on the players. <laughs> Right. Because I remember Mike Singletary wanted to win preseason games. If I this was back when I was a kid, he would say it was important to win these preseason games. They would win them, feel good about winning, and then just be terrible during the season. So <laughs> um that's it. That's our show. Well, I I really enjoyed this show today, Yiggy. I enjoyed it too. I enjoyed it very much. And now the season's ramping up and we'll be in the saddle every Tuesday. Moving forward. Probably, probably at 11 in the morning, right? Probably at 11 in the morning, yeah. Okay. So, well, I'll call you. I love you. I love you, Grant. I love you too, Dad. I'll see you guys uh, tomorrow. Thanks for watching. Take care.